Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from the Southern California foothills town of Glendora, California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead lost people to Jesus, building a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you, opens your heart, and shows you how to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Hey, well, welcome to Real Life Church Online. My name is Raul Herrera. I'm the student ministries director here. And wherever you're watching from, whether that's YouTube, you're listening on the podcast, maybe you just stumbled across this on your phone somewhere, we are so thankful that you are here. We welcome you. Uh, we know that you belong and that you matter. So wherever you're listening from, friends and family in the Midwest, hey, what's up? Thanks for joining us today. Maybe for you, this is your first time ever experiencing real life. Or like me, this is your first summer ever with Real Life LA. And when I first moved out here in September of 2020, I kept hearing this phrase over and over. And it was that Real Life is a church on the move. And they were not lying about that. I feel like every single Sunday since I've been here, I've gotten to connect and meet someone new. God is growing this church. God is moving here at Real Life. And we're so thankful that you get to be a part of that. And we welcome you into that. I want to say thank you to our lead pastor, Jim Miller, and our executive pastor, Anthony Prince, for allowing me to have this opportunity this morning with you, wherever you are, to share what I believe God has put on my heart. We have been in this series called, You Know What I Like About Jesus? I like that Jesus invites us into a lifestyle of prayer. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for just who you are, that we can gather in a room, we can listen on a podcast, on YouTube. Maybe it's live on the Sunday morning, or maybe we just stumbled across this video. You hear us, you see us, and you invite us into a lifestyle of communion and prayer with you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. When I think about prayer, I think about my childhood. I think about growing up in a small farm town. When I say small, I'm talking tiny. One traffic light, that was it, and one gas station. And after 10.30, that traffic light switched to just red flashing and all ends. Very small farm town. It was an hour north of Detroit, Michigan. My father migrated from Mexico City, Mexico, when he was roughly my age, and felt called to settle there. He raised a family of, get ready for it, four kids. Three girls and one boy. So growing up, living in a household, my dad coming from Mexico, we spoke Spanglish. Not English, not Spanish, but Spanglish. First generation migrant family living in the United States. It was a crazy, crazy ride, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. There wasn't a single moment in my childhood that I didn't remember my life revolving around my faith, my religion. We grew up Catholic, and this is just my experience. I'm not speaking on behalf of all Catholics or all Hispanics, but I felt like if you were Hispanic, by default, you were Catholic. There was no say in the matter. That's just how it worked out. I didn't get a vote. I didn't get a choice. I really didn't get a say. You were Hispanic. You were Catholic. From praying rosaries to going to a catechism 
to first confirmation, to communion, to uh, reconciliation with the priests there, I always remember my life as a kid growing up revolving around our faith. And not just our faith, our religion, but it was a part of who we were. It was embedded in the culture of being Hispanic. I got to travel to Mexico and see cathedrals built to Mary Magdalene. We're talking huge cathedrals, beautiful cathedrals in the cities, embedded in the cities. So they weren't just a part of like a church down the road. They were built from the ground up in the city. I also remember what I had to do before meals. And maybe for you, you remember this prayer. It was a prayer we had to say every single time we ate, especially at grandma's house. Maybe you remember this prayer. Maybe you still say it when you're at mom's house or grandma's house, about to eat supper or dinner. Or you've heard of this prayer at a church service before. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And it goes like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our stay, our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And if you're like me, growing up in my house, it sounded like this. Padre Ernesto, que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Venga tu reino. Hágase tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. Danos hoy nuestro pan de cada día y perdona nuestras ofensas como también nosotros perdonamos a los que nos ofenden. No nos dejes caer en tentación, pero líbranos de todo mal. Amen. That was my life growing up. Praying. But it was reciting words. I never really had a connection to the words I was saying. I was told to say these things, and that's just how it worked. Prayer for me was a part of my religion. It wasn't part of my life. And for most of us, we might have heard that prayer before. I realized something the more I started looking to scripture and Jesus. Two things, actually. The first is that Jesus was actually inviting me into a lifestyle of prayer. And the second was something kind of scary. That my religion didn't save me. That religion was just motions going through the work and that Jesus desired to be with us in communion. And that he's calling us to a lifestyle of prayer. So, we're going to look at what Jesus did. Looking at a text coming from Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 37, we get one of the first early recordings of Jesus' personal ministry here on earth. And this is the first of many examples of Jesus praying. According to the Jewish Christian traditions at the time, Jesus would often go away to a small grotto on the southeastern side of the Mount of Beatitudes. Now, the Mount of Beatitudes is where Jesus performed the miracle of multiplying the loaves of bread and the fish to feed the many. And I feel like even if you didn't go to Sunday school, you know this story. So let's look at this verse together. It says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they explained, everyone is looking for you. When I started, as I kept growing up, to look to scripture and look to Jesus, I saw this contrast, this very, very different contrast between my prayer life of reciting words meaninglessly 
and not really knowing why I was saying them. And Jesus, intentionally going away and spending time with the Father early in the morning. And some texts even say, well, everyone else was still asleep. As I continued to read scripture in my life, I saw in the book of Matthew that prayer I prayed as a kid growing up. I was like, oh my gosh. These aren't just random words that someone made up. These are words that Jesus spoke in existence. Jesus, God the Father, the creator of the universe, giving us a guideline, an outline, inviting us into a lifestyle of prayer with him. Jesus is inviting you and I into a lifestyle of prayer. There's a quote by the pastor David Platt uh, in a book he wrote called Radical, and it says this. As long as you and I understand salvation as just checking off a box to get to God, then we can find ourselves in the world of, the world of man-made religions that actually condemn us, humanity, by exalting our supposed ability to get to God. Religion doesn't save us. Jesus invites us into a lifestyle of prayer, to be in community with him. And I got to experience that just two weeks ago on our high school missions trip. Now, a missions trip is a way for local churches and nonprofits to rally a team of people behind and say, hey, we're gonna go outside of our backyard, outside of our cities, and go serve other communities across the nation. We drove to Alamosa, Colorado. It was a 17-hour drive. And thank you, Holy Spirit and Jesus, that Stacy Trevisan and I are still friends. We still like each other after driving 17 hours there and 17 hours back. Uh, and we got to share, towards the last nights of our trip, our top five favorite moments. And we all shared different testimonies of what we liked about the trip. And one of the things we liked, all of us in common, was our van worship day. We were all in the van, driving to the next work site. It was like day one or day two. Tired, anxious, nervous, lack of sleep, lack of a good shower, maybe had some sugar for breakfast, that's probably it. But we just turned on some music at a safe volume, nothing crazy, and we are jamming out. And that was one of our highlights. For me, my highlight started before the trip even actually began. It was the first day. We drove all day. We were about an hour away from our midway point, our night, our night stop in Alamosa, or sorry, in Winslow, Arizona. And uh, we were grabbing dinner, and I was tired, I was hungry, the kids were tired, the kids were hungry. We're all shuffling into the restaurant. And as we're walking in, we passed this gentleman who was just laying on the ground. And I tried so hard to ignore it. I was like, ah, oh, we got kids, and I'm hungry. We don't got time for this right now, Jesus. The trip hasn't started yet. It doesn't start till tomorrow, okay? We don't got time for this right now. But as we're eating, my stomach was upset. My heart was like, just because a trip hasn't officially started, Maybe God is calling me to do something about this now, this very moment. What better time than now? So we got done eating, and I made a mistake. I said, all right, God, that was a mistake, making deals with God, never do that. I was like, all right, God, if he's still there, I'll do something. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do something. So Joe and I, Joe was the other student on the trip, the only male student, it was me and Joe, two dudes, that was it. We were used to it, though. I grew up with sisters, he grew up with sisters. Uh, we were walking out, we were very lethargic in it, taking our time, letting all the girls go out to the vans first. And we stopped. We both looked at this gentleman at the same time. And we both looked at each other. And I took out my wallet and said, hey, run inside as fast as you can and buy something quick to eat. And I walked over to this gentleman. I sat down on a ledge. I had no idea what to do. I just got to know who he was. He told me his name. He told me he was a retired veteran. He told me that he was looking for a place to stay tonight, 
that he needed a shower, and he was not asking anybody for a meal because he was too embarrassed. He was waiting for someone to come up to him and offer it. So as I got talking to him, Joe came up behind me, gave him the meal, and I just simply asked a question. Hey, is there anything we can be praying for you? But then he looked to Joe, the high school student, and looked at Joe and said, yeah, pray for my family. And I was like, uh, in my head, I was like, uh, you sure you don't want me to pray for a house or a shower or a place to sleep tonight or food? But before I could say anything out of my mouth, Joe was already reaching out his hand, asking if he could lay his hand on this guy that he just met in this moment and started praying for his family. God is anointing us. God is ordaining moments for us to, to accept that invite into a lifestyle of prayer. And I got to see a high school student for the first time getting thrown on him, praying for somebody else. I like that Jesus, to this day, is still inviting us into a lifestyle of prayer. Now my guess is for some of us in this room or maybe watching online or listening into your car, we've probably never prayed for someone before. Or maybe we've never prayed out loud even. So what does a lifestyle of prayer look like? Picture this. You're the head coach of the world's biggest team. I don't know, football, soccer, baseball, whatever you want. Head new coach, and you have a playoff game coming in two weeks. What are you going to do? Are you going to go to Hawaii and hang on the beach? No, you're going to spend every single moment looking at game footage, talking with other coaches, consulting with the players, the friends and family of the, of the players, taking time alone, away from other people, and thinking, meditating, planning for a game plan for the battle you're about to go into. I'm gonna switch it up a bit. Parents, staff members, what if I said, hey, in two weeks, I'm grabbing some vans and we're driving to Mexico, and didn't take time to pray, didn't take time to consult with other pastors, other parents, other organizations to partner with, plan out a route, didn't take time alone to process what was happening in my life to make sure I could lead other people. A lifestyle of prayer means we have to prepare. We have to take the moments like Jesus did and accept the invite into prayer. Looking at another recording of Jesus' prayer life, in Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 41, this is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, these are moments right before Jesus was about to take on crucifixion for you and for me. Jesus knew that death was upon him. Jesus understood the weight of the sins of the world, our pain, our suffering, our anxiety, our hurts, and he was about to take all of it for us, willingly. And so we read what Jesus did in those moments. Starting in 36. Then Jesus, with his disciples, went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here, while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful, overwhelmed, and troubled. And he said to, he said to the Peter and the brothers of Zebedee, he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to his, with his face to the ground and prayed. He said, my father, if it is possible, 
may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. But then he returns to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch for more than an hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray that you may not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So here's Jesus, God the Father in flesh, the creator of the universe, looking at you, looking at me, accepting all of our hurts, all of our pains, and saying, I'm going to lovingly choose to take this for you. So we don't have to. And the first thing he did wasn't to consult other people, to freak out, to run around, to because he was also man. But he took all of his emotions and fell to, the, fell to his knees and said, God, help me. Father, help me. Your will be done. So for a lot of us, when we look to Jesus, we can start to see that contrast. And when we start transitioning from praying religiously to praying regularly, when things start coming up, before things start coming up. So I remember a time, the first time actually, where I prayed for the seri- like, most serious time I ever prayed in my, my life for the very first time. I never knew, I always prayed alone, I grew up Catholic. Um, gave my life to Jesus in a Pentecostal church, so praying there was speaking in tongues and waving around, Holy Spirit fire, Jehovah Jireh. So I never got to pray for other people. No one ever asked me to pray for them. It was always growing up Catholic or in those settings at that church for um, youth services. So I went to the University of Michigan. It was my freshman year. And in Michigan, around the springtime, we get really bad thunderstorms uh, and really bad tornadoes, actually, like tornadoes will touch down. It's kind of rare where I was at, um, but it's a possibility. And so one day, uh, our school went into a, a severe weather lockdown. And I was like, big deal. I have grew up in this kind of weather. I've seen the power go out. I've seen power lines fall over. This is nothing new to me. But as all these students were, a sea of students were just rushing into this basement of a building, the word started spreading around that there was a tornado touchdown, confirmed, a block away from campus. So I can't lie and say I was a little bit scared, but didn't think really think of, of it, tried to ignore it. So of course, what was I doing? I was in a classroom in this basement, away from the crowd of people in this like corridor area, playing Fortnite on my iPad. But then the Wi-Fi went out, so I was like, okay, now I have to go outside and see what's happening with the people. And I walked out, and people are just screaming, they're crying, no one can get cell reception to call their loved ones, to say goodbye, to see if they're okay. People were freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, this is serious. So I'm going to go back in my room and ignore all this, what's happening. But before I could turn around, a peer of mine grabbed my shoulder and turned me around and said, Raul, you're religious, right? And I said, no, I hate religion. He was like, huh? I was like, uh, I love Jesus. I'm trying to, I was like trying to mutter out like what I was trying to say, like walking with Jesus. And he was like, Christian. I was like, sure, let's call it Christian. I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe in Jesus. He said, hey, could you pray for us? And I, this is what I said to him. Sure, I'll be praying for you guys. <laughs> Leave me alone. He's like, no, right now. Uh, and I don't think uh, he, he considered himself a Christian either. I said, right now, right now? You mean right now, right now? He's like, yes, right now. So I was like, okay, I, Lord, I don't know how to do this or what to say or what to do. So I was like, all right, let's all gather hands and let's all circle around and pray together. So I closed my eyes in this group of people who were panicking, freaking out, fearful, 
and started praying the way I started to learn how. Closing my eyes, shaking my body, Jehovah Jireh, Holy Spirit, fire, speaking in tongues. And I did that for probably like 20 minutes. And then I opened my eyes and everyone was like, what? Like, they were just like, some people left the circle. <laughs> and I was like, oh Lord, what do I do? But then I remembered that prayer I said growing up as a kid. I was like, maybe somebody else in this circle will know the, the Our Father. So I stopped and I said, let us pray in the way God, our Father, Jesus, has shown us. So I said, Our Father. And as I started the two words, Our Father, the entire corridor became silent. Staff and hundreds of students joined in this prayer. And we said the Our Father together. We accepted the invite into a lifestyle of prayer together. Here we are, thousands of years later, repeating words that the creator of the universe spoken into existence for us because he cares for us and he wants, he desires community with us. And that was pretty intense. And maybe you're like me, when they ask to pray, you like hit the text with the hand, hand emojis, all right, praying for you. Or you like the comment and say, praying for you guys, and you leave it at that. What would it look like for us to say, okay, how can I pray for you? And even when we don't, we don't have the words to say, saying the Our Father with someone, accepting that invite. Because Jesus is inviting us into a lifestyle of prayer. So I want to identify two more steps of how we can do that. Because maybe for some of us, we've never prayed for someone out loud before, or maybe we've never prayed for somebody else. Before we can do that, here are the two steps to live a lifestyle of prayer. Step number one. Prayer before plan. Prayer before plan. Now, as easy, as simple as it sounds, this is probably the hardest step you'll ever have to do. Prayer before plan. Look at Jesus in Mark 1. Find a time and a place. Maybe it's before anybody else in your house is awake yet. Maybe it's after work. Maybe it's after you're done with uh, your project for the day. But find a time and find a place away from everybody else where people are looking for you. Where is mom? Where is dad? Where did Raul go? And have a moment with Jesus before you start planning what you're going to do that day. Before you start planning your vocation, your job, your school, what you're going to say to your kids, what you're going to say to your spouse. Step away and accept the invite that Jesus is calling us into. Not because we have to, not because we're supposed to, not because religion is going to save us. But pray. And pray knowing that Jesus is right there. And that he desires to be in community with us and is inviting us into a lifestyle of worship and of prayer. Number two is this. So one, pray before plan. And number two is prayer as a response. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, knowing that death was coming, chose to kneel down, he got in his face, and he prayed. How many times have we, I know I have done this, just in the missions trip, where things will go wrong, and my first reaction was, what can I do? How do I fix this? Who do I call? Uh, GPS, the next place we're going to go. Um, who do I need to talk to? Uh, let me look up a situation. Let me figure this out. Me, 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 me. I have to make sure this is okay. When Jesus showed us what it means to be in community with him. He stopped and he prayed. 
What if before we're faced with adversity or happiness and we stopped and said, Lord, let your will be done. Thank you for calling me into a life with you. Thank you for getting rid of religion and calling me into a relationship with you because you desire to be with us. In any situation, in any season of life, let prayer be the first response you have. All we have to do is accept that invitation of Jesus. So today, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you're watching from, maybe it's that. Maybe it's just saying yes to prayer. Maybe it's finding a time alone with Jesus, putting on worship music, opening up the Bible, sitting alone and having a conversation with him. Or maybe it's saying yes to a lifestyle of worship and of prayer and being like Joe, the high school student who just said yes to praying for someone, someone we met that day, maybe someone you know. Maybe it's picking up a phone and calling a loved one or a friend when they're saying, hey, I know you're a Christian. Could you pray for me? Yeah, how can I be praying for you? Can I call you right now? Or maybe it's accepting Jesus, accepting that he desires to be with you and he loves you. You know what I like about Jesus? He invites us into a lifestyle of worship and prayer with him. So let's pray. God, I thank you that you have called us into a life of prayer with you, that you loved us so much, that you came down from heaven in the form of your son, Jesus, to be with us and to be in community with us. Help us to understand what it means to pray for other people. Thank you for giving us moments alone with you where we can start to understand more what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life and begin to discern that more and more as we walk with you, Jesus. I thank you for the opportunities we're gonna have today, tomorrow, and five years from now where people will look to us, sons and daughters of the living, breathing God, and ask for prayer because you are inviting us into that. Lord, help us to say yes and help us to give you thanks in moments of trial to turn to you first before our flesh takes over, before our emotions take over, and to fall down to our faces and say, Lord, your will be done, and we thank you for that, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.